Good morning. Let me pray for us real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you for today and thank you for these beautiful songs and I, I thank you for the, the special music that we just had and the courage it takes to stand up here and sing is, is it takes a lot of courage to do that. And I'm gonna find that out in a minute because I'm gonna do the same thing and I've never done that before and that makes me nervous and just be with me as I do that. And uh, Lord, I just, I'm thankful for the singing at this church and, and the understanding that we're singing to you and we're going to find out more about that in a minute. But I'm just grateful for you and what you've done and, and that you've sent your son Jesus to save us if we believe. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. So I'm new here. So do you, is that, do you do that often? Do you get up here and sing often? Whenever James tells you. See, that's all I do. I just do whatever James tells me to do. It's the safest thing around here. Just If you have a question, ask James. And if he tells you to do something, probably just do it. Don't lead us astray, James. I got to know what kind of coffee you drank this morning. You know, every key we're in, every tempo, all these things. Oh, wow. I don't know what you're drinking, but it's working. You're drinking in the Holy Spirit, I think. What about that? All right. Well, today and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about why we do the things that we do. So next week... All of this plan, people often ask, like, how do you come up with a plan? And I don't have the answer to that. It just happens. But the way that I came up with this plan is that next week, what's the date next week? It doesn't matter. Next Sunday. We all know when that is. The 27th, Mac, Marie, and Katie Cooper, who are leading the Australia trip that uh, Paula and I are going on, are coming here. And, that, and I'm going to share my testimony, and they're going to be up here, and they're going to share their testimonies. And we're going to talk about how our testimonies, the three of our testimonies, are sort of linked together. And that just kind of made me think, Mac's daughter is going to be here too. And she's, she's, I don't know if she's going to speak or not. But we're all going to speak about how God changed our lives. And we're going to share how, how we're linked together. Like our stories are linked together. And uh, in a way, all of our stories, for us that are saved, all of our stories are linked together. So that led me to think, well, why do we... I know the answer to the question. Why do we why do we testify? Why do we share our faith? Well, I, I know, biblically I know the answer to this, but it led me to think, well, why do we do a lot of the things that we do? Why do we sing? Why do we pray? Why do we preach? Why do we testify? And why do we go? And all of these answers, if you've been coming here for more than a week, you should know many of the answers to these. But I wanted to expand on on these thought processes, but so why do we do these things? Well, first off, Jesus did these things. Jesus sang, Jesus prayed, Jesus preached, Jesus testified, and Jesus went. And we do the things that we do because Jesus first modeled for us how he wanted us to live. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to study the examples that Jesus laid out for us and other biblical figures laid out for us in Scripture. And uh, my hope is that as we cover these topics, don't let's not just think well i know why we sing we sing because god is good we sing because jesus saves we sing because jesus transformed our life that is the answer to the question but let's let's maybe use this next five weeks as a time of encouragement because i'm guilty of this too and i'm not blame i'm not saying you all are guilty of this but we just 
we as humans get so complacent that we just come, we show up, we sit, we sing, we go eat fried chicken, we go home, we come back, we sit, we sing. We, we need to think about why it is that we're doing the things that we're doing. So that's the whole point of the next five weeks. So why do we sing? Well, let's first look at uh, Jesus's example in Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 30. Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave to the disciple, gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness, forgiveness of sins. I tell you that I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So after he, he presented the Lord's Supper, they, it says here they sang a hymn. So singing must have been important to Jesus if after, if after uh, the institution of the Lord's Supper, like, which was very, very, very important, uh, he said, the next thing we're going to do is we're going to sing. And it doesn't say what they sang, but my, but my Bible notes said that and th this is speculation. No one was there and it didn't say, but it said it was likely that they would have sang a psalm either, and it noted either Psalm 113 to 118 or Psalm 136. And again, speculation, but it led me to those psalms. I read through all of them and I thought, I just kind of tried to put myself in the, at the table and think, well, which one would they have chosen? If these were the, if these, if this was the direction they were going, which one, which one makes the most sense to me to choose? And I didn't really come up with any, 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 any uh, real good feelings about that. But I chose one, Psalm one thirty six for a couple of reasons. The the reading of Psalm one thirty six will do a couple things for us today. One, the passage itself answers the question: Why do we sing? We sing because the Lord is good. We sing because He is the Lord of Lords. We sing because He does great wonders, and we sing because His steadfast love endures forever. Reason number two: Reading this psalm will allow you all to participate with me because it's written as a sort of a call and response. Well, it's not written that way, but it it repeats for his steadfast love endures forever over and over and over and over so as we as i read one line you all are going to respond with for his steadfast love endures forever and reason number three is that uh this this call and response that we're going to do is going to warm your all's voices up for when i embarrass myself singing up here in a few minutes and y'all it's going to be a call and response i'm going to sing you all are going to follow me i hope joyfully and don't make fun of my singing but if you do, that's fine. I really don't care. So as we're, as we're doing these things, as we're, as we're reading, as you all respond with, for his steadfast love endures forever, say it like you actually believe it, okay? I'm guilty of this, I'm guilty of this, the, this very thing. I come up here and I'm kind of monotone and I'm, and I'm reading. And I'm, say, I'm preaching to myself here. I need to be saying these things like, like Jesus actually changed my life instead of just coming up here and droning on like a robot. Let's say these things like it's the greatest news we've ever heard because it is, is it not? Okay, so let's, as we participate, let's, let's have our mind. That, again, this is the whole point of this next five weeks is to be encouraged uh, 
and uh, come unsown from that seat. And again, that's not me ridiculing anything. I, I come in, I'm, I'm the one delivering the message and I become complacent. I, I just, you know, I'm kind of wandering through life, just, well, I guess I'll preach Sunday. And I forget like, well, I'm, I'm the one that's supposed to be trying to get everybody fired up about these things. So let's get fired up about these things. Okay, so what is your all's response? For his steadfast love endures forever. And I'll hold out my hand, so let's have a practice. For his steadfast love endures forever. That was pretty joyful. That actually surprised me. Okay. Now, when I hold out my hands, that's going to be your response. And I am reading Psalm 136 exactly as it's written. I didn't, I didn't make it repetitive like this. Somebody else did. Probably David. Drink of water. John, I can see you back there. My crutch is all the way in the back. He's supposed to be right here, but that's okay. I can see him. Okay, Psalm 136. The whole psalm. I'll hold out my hands when you are supposed to joyfully say your part. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords. For his love forever. To him who alone does great wonders. For his love forever. To him by understanding made the heavens. I see that y'all have that on the projector. I might not have to hold my hands out. <laughs> I've lost my spot. Okay, to him who spread out the earth above the waters. To him who made the great lights. For his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day. For his steadfast love endures forever. Let's kick it up a notch. The moon and stars to rule over the night. For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. For his steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them. For his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an arm. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his love forever. and made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his love forever. but overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the wilderness, to him who struck down the great kings, and killed mighty kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to Israel his servant. It is he who remembered us in our lowest state and rescued us from our foes. He who gives food to all flesh, give thanks to the God of heaven. Let's say that last verse again. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Who's my leader on the front row? That was good. One of y'all. You're keeping me on rhythm. I like it. So you've just memorized half of uh, Psalm 136, which is good news. Now you just can go back and memorize the other half. But 
this, this chapter explains to us why it is that we sing psalms written as, as they're written as songs. They're supposed to be sung. And though we didn't technically sing, we did rejoice in what, in, in, I guess we sang. What's the definition of a song? Does it have to be at a certain tempo or pitch? Or, okay. Well, maybe we did sing then. We made a joyful noise. I, I, it felt joyful to me. So we sing to give thanks to the God of heaven. Think of your singing to God. Think of your singing at church as a way to pro proclaim your faithfulness and your thankfulness directly to God. When we sing the words of biblically accurate and biblically sound songs, not only should we sing, we should believe what we are singing. We should seek to understand the words of the song. And we can do that here because we see the words to the song up on the screen. So me and James about had a little mishap today. I came in today and I said, uh, he sends me, I don't know who else he sends it to, but he sends the order of service to some people, and I'm one of those people. And I looked, well, what's, what's his invitation hymn? And I thought, well, I'll analyze the, let me analyze the invitation hymn, and I want to I think ahead of time what these words mean to me. And I come in here this morning, and James says, I changed the invitation hymn, and I said, what? You can't do that. <laughs> I don't care which one you sing, but I'm going to analyze Pass me not, O gentle Savior. It, it's supposed to be the, the invitation hymn today. I think he's still going to stick with it. Okay. I had to share that little funny story, though. He said, he, he, he said I know we're, 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 we're talking about singing, so I changed up the invitation hymn. I'm like... Okay, so the lyrics of Pass me not, O gentle Savior go like this. Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Let me at thy throne of mercy find a sweet relief, kneeling there in deep contrition, help my unbelief. Trusting only in thy merit, would I seek thy face, heal my wounded, broken spirit, save me by thy grace. Thou the spring of all my comfort, more than life to me, whom have I on earth beside thee, whom in heaven but thee? Is that the same version we see? Okay. I should have checked with you ahead of time, probably. So as I thought about these lyrics, I thought, well, what, what do these mean to me? So pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. My, my analysis of the lyrics were, Lord, please don't forget me. Don't forget about me. I know you haven't because you've radically changed my life. And I'm standing up here right now talking about your goodness. My cry is humble because I know that there was a time in my life when I was not following you. And you still died for me anyways and have allowed me to begin living for your glory instead of my own. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. There are so many people in the world. How did you choose me? How did you choose to save me? How did you choose to send me here? I'm thankful that you did save me. I'm thankful that you saved everyone else that's here today that's saved. And if there's anyone else here that's not saved, please do not pass them by. Let me at thy throne of mercy find a sweet relief. Let me always recognize how mer merciful you are and always have been and always will be. Don't let me ever become complacent in my faith and don't let me forget how merciful you are. Kneeling there in deep contrition help my unbelief. I had to look up the definition of contrition. It means repentance. Contrition means repentance. Thank you for reminding me that I should always have a posture of repentance. I should be willing to confess my sins to you every single day because I am sinful. Lord, help me in times of my unbelief. We all have doubts, but that doesn't mean that we want them to be present in our minds. In our minds, So Lord, please take away my doubts. Trusting only in thy merit, would I seek thy face? 
You, God, are the only credible source of life on this earth. That's why we are singing to you. That's why we pray to you. That's why we serve you. Heal my wounded, broken spirit. Save me by, my, by thy grace. There are times in our life when our spirits are broken. People get sick. People die. People that we know don't come to faith. And, and these things make our hearts just break. So come, Lord, come alongside us with your grace during these times. Thou the spring of all my comfort, more than life to me. You provide everything that we need, Lord. You are more important than my personal pleasures or my personal desires. Whom have I on earth beside thee? Whom in heaven but thee? You are it, God. You are the author of life and you are the most important. So I just wanted to, to spend time this week thinking I have the I have the privilege of seeing what songs we're going to sing ahead of time until James changes them at the last second. But I just thought, well, I want to spend a minute and just think about what what is it? I didn't do this for every song, but I thought, well, what is it that we're going to be singing for the invitation hymn? And I just wanted to break down what what those lyrics to that song made me think about. So scripture reveals further to us how we are to praise God with song. In Psalm 150, which is the last Psalm, let everything praise the Lord, it says. Praise the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in His mighty heavens, praise Him for His mighty deeds, praise Him according to His excellent greatness, Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we can use instruments in the church, as Psalm 150 says, which is good because we do. But I, I like this. This this last psalm is is very uplifting. It's very... You know, it tells us exactly how we should sing and why we should sing. Praise Him in His sanctuary. Praise Him, for, praise him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him for His excellent greatness. So we've covered why do we sing. We should all be able to answer this question. Why do you sing in church? Well, it's because God is good. He created everything. He is the one that brought us here. He's the one that gives us breath. He's the one that gives us life. He's the one that gives us eternal life. So we've read, to answer the question, we've read biblical accounts of Jesus singing with the disciples. The book of Psalms is a whole book of songs. So at this point, the answer should be evident. We sing because He's good. He's the giver of breath. He's the giver of life. He's the author of salvation. We sing because Jesus sang. We sing because the psalmist explains to us the importance of praising the Lord with music. And we sing because it brings glory to God, which is our ultimate goal in life, is to bring glory to God. But there is an important aspect of singing that we haven't discussed yet. Singing does something inside of us. Singing teaches us. Singing encourages us and each other. And probably most importantly, singing humbles us. Singing is both a vertical and a horizontal relationship. So when we sing, we're singing to the Lord. But when we sing, other people hear us. And when we don't sing, other people also hear that. So we can be a great encouragement. You never know who in here is struggling with something or, or whatever. And, and it, if we're able to sing and encourage other people. I know one thing. I went to, I don't have this written down. I'm, getting, I'm going off the rails. If... Before I go off the rails, let me find a good transition point. I don't want to get too off the rails. 
So in uh, what year was it? 20, what year did I go to Passion? Has anybody ever been to the Passion Conference? It's in Atlanta and it's, it's for, it's, it's really a student thing. I was there as a leader. I was there as a chaperone essentially, but it's uh, from, for like college age kids. It's just a great big weekend long worship service with pastors and, and uh, singers and all these things. And I'm still nervous because I don't know where I'm going to get back into. Give me just a moment. So at this conference, there's 60,000 people in, in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. And up until that conference, I viewed singing in church as like, oh, you know, um, I'm just going to be authentic here. I didn't, I, pro I probably just did the bare minimum, you know, I didn't. I was scared to really, I don't want these people to hear me. But then I, you go to a conference where there's 60,000 people that have paid $300 or $500 to just be there. Everyone is singing. The, the, it's, it's a huge production. It's kind of like a Super Bowl event for Jesus, essentially. And there's a, an important thing for me to think, like in that season of life, I really needed that encouragement for, for church life. I don't necessarily need it now. Like if I went there now, I would still enjoy it, but I don't, I don't think the same sort of growth would happen. But at that time I was sort of, I don't want to say I'm lukewarm, but I was kind of uh, apprehensive, I would say, to, to really participate in the things that we're participating in. But the point I'm trying to make is when there's a group of 60,000 people and they're all singing with reckless abandon, I don't care if you hear me, I don't care if I sound bad, there's 60,000 people here and it sounded amazing. And my point is, if we all sing together with intentional effort, amazing, amazing things will happen. I'm not saying that doesn't happen here. I'm just saying it as an encouragement to as we go, we can be encouraging to others. Though That group of 60,000 people was a great encouragement to me and it's changed the way I've sung in church ever since then. It's, it, that actually changed my posture on the, on the way I do a lot of things uh, as far as my Christian faith goes. So Scotty, uh, sign some kids up for Passion Conference. Okay. So the singing we do here at Bellevue is biblical singing. We play instruments, as Psalm 150 tells us, and the words and the hymns of the song, songs teach us about God's goodness, and they teach us about our own sinfulness. The songs teach us how to show thanks to God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. So how does singing encourage us? Think again, a few weeks ago I talked about Amazing Grace. And the lyrics are, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. To any saved person in this room, that, that makes sense to you, does it not? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. So singing encourages us because it's a reminder to us of certain things like, oh, wow, I remember 10 years ago, I was totally lost and now I'm not. And my life has been radically transformed and changed because of what I'm singing about, because of Jesus's amazing grace. So how does singing humble us? So remember, my points were 
Singing teaches us, it encourages us, and it humbles us. For many of us, singing out loud is scary. We think, oh, my voice doesn't sound good, or oh, my breath stinks. If I sing, somebody might smell my breath, or whatever. There, we, what other reasons do we give for not singing? There's plenty of them. But if we, if we, if we realize that singing is not, we're not trying to impress each other. We're trying to, to praise the Lord. Is all, it, it, it's what it is. We're trying to, to give thanks to the Lord for His faithfulness to us, and so we should all sing and spit on each other and spew our bad breath all over the place in here. None of that stuff matters. So singing out loud into a microphone makes me nervous. I'm going to do it. I'm going to humble myself in just a minute, and I'm going to do that and lead you all in something. But uh, another important thing to remember as I was thinking about this, and I know this happens in churches across the United States for sure, you go into a church and you think, oh, the music, that's not really my style. You know, that's not, that's not really the music I like, or, or I don't like the way they did that, or... or we sing too many songs or we don't sing enough songs or there's just there's all kinds of human ways to just destroy a church and that's one of them and we should just remember that our personal music preference preferences should never sway our church attendance if we see the music and the singing as an expression to glorify god rather than an, an exercise that we expect to be entertaining to our ears i'm going to read that again our personal music preferences should never sway our church attendance if we see the music and the singing as an expression to glorify God rather than an exercise that we expect to be entertaining to our ears. You want me to read it again, James? <laughs> Twice is enough. But you get the point. We're not, we're not to show up here and complain, I don't like that song that James picked. If it's biblically accurate, then it's good. And we're going to sing it. So we should pursue the majesty of God before we pursue, pursue the music of man. All right, here's the, here's the embarrassing part coming up. I better drink some water. So a year ago, we were in Tanzania, and the way they do things is different than the way we do things in some ways. First off, they don't have electricity. They don't have running water. They've got to do all of these things uh, differently. It's just different there. They do have electricity in the church, but it's like they'll get a kick out of this. I saw it everywhere in Africa that uh, many of you all get a kick out of this. That white, the, the uh, electric fence, the, the yellow and black electric fence is everywhere in Tanzania. They run it off car battery to, directly to, like, to a light bulb in their house. And uh, the church we weren't in the church in the story that I'm telling, but the church building, um, it had a little bit of electricity and it had some instruments and in it, but it was shortened out. And so they're trying to do this and they're trying to have, you know, they're trying to have keys and, uh, and they had drums that weren't electric, but you get the point. They were, they were really trying to do things kind of the way we do. And I was kind of thinking to myself, I like the way you all do it better. Let's just put all that other stuff away. But anyways, the we would go to the this school every morning and the leaders of the school and the church who are all christians they would lead us in a time of devotion and the first thing that we would do was pray together we'd pray and then we would sing and one person would be lead, leading the singing and it was like a it was like a chant like they would reveal what the song was and you'd pick up on it quickly and then everybody would participate and uh and then we went back into 
a short 10 minute devotion or whatever and then we would sing again they, their culture is much more of a musical culture you know they they just use music because they enjoy it i guess but so one song that we sang stuck with me and i'm going to attempt to teach it to you all today and i hope i don't faint but it's very simple and short and it's had a profound effect on the way i view music within the church because it's it's just two lines and the and it goes you are holy you are holy you are holy my god you are holy you are holy my god and as you learn as you learn i'll sing it so you so you get it in a minute i'm but i'm stalling <laughs> but as you learn the rhythm and you learn the the short words they would change holy to worthy or patient or kind or anything that god is we know the attributes of god we studied them for nine straight weeks does anybody remember those attributes? You could enter, you could insert any of those into this song. You are loving, you are loving, you are loving my God. You are loving, you are loving my God. You are patient, you are patient, you are patient, my God. You get the point. So this is a call and response. Remember a minute ago when we read Psalm 136 and you all responded joyfully? We're going to do it again in song. Ugh. Okay. Remember, the words are, you are holy, I'm still stalling. You are holy, you are holy, you are holy, my God. You are holy, you are holy, my God. Get this mic away from me. Okay. You are holy, you are holy, you are holy, my God. You are holy, you are holy, my God. You all think you can send that back to me? I'll do it again. Remember, sing joyfully. Nobody cares what your voice sounds like. Your breath probably does stink. That's all right. All right, here we go. You are holy, you are holy, you are holy, my God. You are holy, you are holy, my God. Your all's turn. You are holy, you are holy, you are holy, my You are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy, my God. You are worthy, you are worthy, my God. Sing it loud. You are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy, my God. You are worthy, you are worthy, my God. You are patient, you are patient, you are patient, my God. You are patient, you are patient, you are patient, my God. All right, let's sing it together. Get this, get this microphone. Let's just keep going with holy for just a minute, and let's try to, let's try as we gain confidence, let's try to get louder. Like, like Jesus is outside of the walls, and we want Him to hear. And think, I meant to say this earlier. Think when you sing, as I talked about. I like not having this mic. This is awesome. Oh well, I need to come on in. Okay, so uh, remember, as you're singing, think, think, think that you're sitting at the table with Jesus as the disciples are singing. You get my drift here? Sometimes I put myself, I think, well, what would I do if Jesus was physically standing right next to me? How would I operate then? So let's, let's try to have that as we go. So I'll lead one more time with the you are holy, 
we're all going to sing and we'll just keep singing and then I'll shut it off eventually. I don't know. All right. We might sing. We might sing past lunch. I don't know. All right. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy, my God. You are holy. You are holy, my God. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy, my God. You are holy, you are holy, my God. You are worthy. You are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy, my God. You are worthy, you are worthy, my God. You are loving. You are loving, you are loving, you are loving, my God. You are loving, you are loving, my God. I couldn't think of another one quick enough. That was really good. I really enjoyed that. Thank you all for filling that need. I needed that. It sends me back to Africa. So now, now we know. Now we know if James isn't here, we just sing that song. <laughs> if you're on the lawnmower, you can sing it. It's really easy. If you want the lyrics, I'll send it to you. Okay. So. God is holy, and He's worthy, and He's patient, and He's friendly, and He's kind. We all understand these things. So that, this, that song alone, I could have come up here and said, I'm going to sing a song that, that explains to you why we sing. We could have just sang that song, and I could have cut this message back 30 minutes, and I said, we sing because He is holy, He is holy, He is holy, and He is our God. And He is worthy, and He is worthy, and He is worthy, and He is our God. And that's why I like that song so much. It's so simple. And it's so very true. So I just want to share that with you. Y'all, I was thinking about this too. Like, if I'm here for 10 years, which I hope to be here longer than that, if I preach however many Sundays that is, we're all going to forget the preaching. But we're not going to forget me coming up here and singing. Y'all, that, that will go down. That'll be in the Lively Stones book, some, you know, the updated edition. So I just want to say next week we're talking about the testimonies. We're going to learn why we testify. We're going to hear testimonies of people that you're going to hear my testimony, which you've heard already. You're going to hear the importance of Mac sharing his testimony is that he, without him, I wouldn't be here. That's the connection between he and I. He pursued me through evangelism and discipleship, and he saw that I was struggling, and he, he just persisted. And the connection with Katie is that Mac went on a Australian mission trip when she was like 12. Katie's my age, I think she's 33 or 34. And Mac, as a younger man, went to Australia. Katie was a 12 year old. Katie came to faith at, during that time, not solely because of Mac, her parents are missionaries, but, but it sparked some sort of encouragement in her. And then, um, of course, Mac's daughter is going to be here, and I don't know exactly her testimony, but she came to faith a while ago. You know, all of that's in the same circle. And now all of us are going back to Longreach, where Katie was when Mac was there. So it's just, it's just a neat testimony. And, and now Paula is going, too. So she's linked together in this chain. And we're all linked together. Mac, because of Mac's faithfulness, I'm saved. Uh, because of my faithfulness, I'm here because of God's faithfulness. But all of these things are linked together, and I just want to explain that next week. And then further than that, we're going to talk about um, 
Why do we sing? Why do we pray? Why do we preach? Why do we testify? And why do we go? And I don't know in which order we're going to do those things. Testify is coming up next. So brace for impact because that's what we're doing next week. So let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our voices, even though sometimes we're not totally satisfied with how we sound. You are satisfied. You're satisfied when we open our mouth and we sing praises to you. And that's a hope that as we walk away from here today, that we realize that we are to make a joyful noise to you. Because if we actually believe that you came to earth and died for our sins and saved us from eternal damnation, then we should be more than willing to sing a song as if you're standing outside of the walls of the church and we're trying to convince you to come right on in. And just let us remember that next week and next week and next week. And if I have to preach it again in a month, I will. But I just, I'm grateful that we're, we, I'm grateful that I didn't pass out singing in front of people because it makes me nervous. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for the faithful music leaders and participants here in this church. And I pray that if anybody doesn't know you, that something said today made sense to them for the first time ever possibly. And I pray that they would come forward and talk to me more about it right now. It's in Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen.